What is going on? Welcome in, guys. Farzine Vasugian here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone podcast, a bi week edition of the Chief Zone. Looking forward to this episode. Shouldn't be a very long show. Definitely some things to get into here, but uh, obviously not going to be doing our traditional uh, type of podcast where we're um, uh, doing our game breakdown since the Chiefs are on vacation this week. A much deserved much-needed vacation sitting on top of the AFC with a 7-2 record has not been the most perfect season and look um, you know for a team that hasn't played uh, a, a, a perfect football I'm far from perfect no one's playing perfect but uh, for a team that hasn't even played its best football and is sitting on top of the AFC right now I think a lot of people will take it a lot of people will take it and I think there are some things to discuss here with the offense and the defense here, and can we expect a balance in the second half of the schedule? Uh, the offense needs to turn it up. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I want to know what this coaching staff is going to do during this bye week. What are they going to do? What kind of, of, of a plan can they come up with to turn things around with this offense? Because the schedule is going to get much tougher uh, in the second half. And it, it's right out of the get-go. Guess what, what game you're starting with after the bye week? Monday Night Football Super Bowl rematch. Obviously, the Eagles number one in the NFC, the Chiefs number one in the AFC. Both teams coming off a bye. How does Andy Reid get ready for that? Andy Reid, obviously, very good coming off the bye. This is a team that he has defeated four times since they fired him, including uh, Super Bowl 57. Uh, so obviously, you know, th this is going to be a little personal for him, no matter how many times he's already beaten them, wants to do it again. So a lot of things to get into. Uh, here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining me. I see a lot of you guys coming into the live chat on Facebook and on YouTube. Thank you guys. For those of you who are watching live, if you don't mind, please give this video a like. Hey, I got to be honest with you guys. I don't have a whole lot of things planned for this uh, episode. We can kind of treat it like a Red Friday live chat, in fact. So please uh, comment below with a question, uh, comment, whatever is on your mind, whatever you want to get out there. And uh, I'll read it later on uh, in the podcast uh, because we've got a lot of things to get into here today um a lot of things uh i think still need to be addressed uh with the team but i i will say um no no uh no formal plan uh getting into anything here so please let me know by the way i uh put up a post about 30 minutes ago on the facebook page asking you guys which former chiefs players do you want as a guest on the podcast i'll tell you right now uh i do have a uh, very special guest planned um in the near future. And when I say in the near future, I mean in less than a week. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details. Um, and, and listen, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Uh, I, I did have, you know, planned interviews with um, with a couple of former chiefs earlier this year. And for whatever reason, in like back to back weeks, both of them no showed. Um, uh, one of them actually canceled, but then promised to come back and they just weren't answering anymore. Um, I don't know. I can't. I, I I can't control those kinds of things. Um, normally, that doesn't happen when I try to bring people on the podcast. So for that to happen in back to back weeks, um, disappointing. But hey, what can you do about it? Um, I, I'm addressing that because I know a couple of you guys actually asked about that recently. Like, hey, how come so and so is not going back? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so not everything is um is within my control as much as I wish. So there's that. But I want to know from you guys which former Chiefs would you guys like to have? 
on the podcast. A lot of you guys are commenting on that post. I figured, hey, why not? Let's uh, let's have that topic on this uh, podcast as well. If any of you guys um, want to throw some names out there, uh, I do have some some names in mind already reaching out to some, but I want to know. I want to know what you guys want. Uh, so for those of you, by the way, who haven't subscribed, please do so. Apple, Spotify, everywhere uh, where you can download your podcasts. I think the best place to start off with this team right now would have to be the defense. And obviously, the defense making a lot of noise once again, but this time in a bigger manner because of how things went in the last game, beating the Miami Dolphins. And specifically, I think with... Uh, how it happened, and more more specifically, who was involved on that play? And Tyreek Hill, um, yeah, Tyreek's been doing a lot of talking for him to catch that pass, fumble it, um, and then picked up by Mike Edwards, pitches it back to Byron uh, Brian Cook, excuse me, and runs all the way for a scoop six, uh, which was awesome. Uh, everybody went crazy about that. So uh, for, 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 for that whole sequence of events to go down like that was pretty crazy. And I think that just has everybody excited. Uh, Trent McDuffie has not been getting a lot of attention until that play right there. Like, because here's how, like, you know, everyone wants to talk about how the NFL scripted. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, we might as well accuse this, uh, this part being part of the script because, Man, I mean, could you have scripted this any better? Tyreek Hill, former chief, goes to Miami, catches a pass, and then the player who forces the fumble, Trent McDuffie, one of the draft picks the Chiefs got from the Tyreek Hill trade, they trade up with the Patriots and jump ahead a few spots to get Trent McDuffie, a move that some people were uncertain about. And boy... Are, are the Chiefs looking good with this one? Obviously, last year, uh, McDuffie uh, dealt with a lower leg injury that I, I think he missed like half a season because uh, he came back. He got it hurt in week one against the Cardinals, and then he came back around this time last year. Um, so he missed about half the season last year. This year, playing a full season uh, so far uh, up, to, up to this point and having a full offseason, man, um, I, I think a lot of times whenever someone... Whenever someone, whether it's a first-round draft pick or an undrafted player, when someone young uh, goes through an injury in their first year, they miss half a season. And listen, Trent McDuffie actually played great last year. He did a lot of things last year, and he still is doing a lot of those things this year. He's doing things that don't show up on the stat sheet. So this would be more of an eye test type of discussion when it comes to Trent McDuffie, someone who is getting the job done, plays great cover cornerback. Again, things that don't come up on the stat sheet. Uh, this year, he is doing some things that show up on the stat sheet, and that's forced fumbles. No, that's not a stat you really think of uh, in particular with defensive backs. Whenever we talk about defensive backs, it's always pass deflections and interceptions. That's what everyone wants to hear about whenever they hear about their favorite their uh, defensive backs on their favorite teams. That's what people want to hear about. Trent McDuffie has yet to record an interception in his NFL career. And I think he's at the point where he's played almost 16, 17 games, um, has yet to record an interception. But he's doing things beyond that. Um, and listen, I think it, it, there will be a point in time where it comes where he'll he'll start getting those and start making a big name for himself. But he's already doing that now. He has four forced fumbles on the season. 
Um, to give you an idea, that ties the league for most in the NFL. That is more than any defense. No defensive back has four first fumbles in the NFL, except for Trent McDuffie. And, you know, I, I, we're talking about Trent McDuffie. Let's talk about the other guy who was drafted in the first round last year, George Karloftis. George Karloftis has been playing good. Uh, you know, a guy, again, statistically did not thrive at Purdue, but someone who is has been doing a lot of great things for Kansas City this year, one of the league leaders so far in quarterback pressures, playing some of his best ball. The way George Karloftis is playing so far this year, he doesn't look like a second-year veteran, or excuse me, a second-year player. He looks like a seasoned veteran. That's what he looks like when he's out there. George Karloftis, he's reminding you of some of the past edge rushers the Chiefs have had in recent memory. Guys like Justin Houston, guys like Tamba Hali, Jared Allen, those types of players. George Karloftis is on that path right now. And again, those are your draft picks from last year. Um, you look at what the Chiefs have done with their draft picks from last year in 2022. Again, obviously you had a lot of picks because of the Tyreek Hill trade. We obviously addressed uh, Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis. What about Brian Cook? Brian Cook, man. Um, he's been playing very well. Coming out of Cincinnati, uh, the, the job he's done as a second-round pick, obviously last year didn't play much because he was behind Juan Thornhill. But in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, for him to come away with that tipped pass and tipping it in the direction for his teammate, Josh Williams, also a rookie from the same draft class in the fourth round. Um, boy, what a, what a, what, what a job he did. I mean, because if you don't get that interception, we could be talking about a different outcome in that game. Um, obviously, there were so many different factors in that game. But man, that was a huge one to me. I know a lot of people just think about the punt return from Sky Moore. Again, another draft pick from last year. And then the uh, late hit from Joseph Osai. Yeah, obviously, people always talk about like the the biggest moments that happen late in the game. But the, I mean, listen, you have just because something happens in the last two minutes doesn't mean nothing happened in the first 58 minutes. Um, by the way, sticking with that same AFC championship game. How about Jalen Watson? He also came away with a big pick in that AFC title game, turning his body around, adjusting, and coming away with that big swipe that Joe Burrow was not anticipating to, to have happen. Um, I mean, the things that the Chiefs have done. Uh, Leo Chanel didn't play a whole lot last year because he was behind Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. Unfortunately, we've seen some injuries at that position this year. Willie Gay missed a little bit of time last week, uh, not this past week against the Dolphins, uh, the week before against the, um, the Broncos. Uh, but even with... Nick Bolton's uh, injuries this year. Leo Chanel has been seeing some playing time and he has made the most of his opportunities this year. I'm really glad to see Leo Chanel step up and make the most of these opportunities here. Um, this is a phenomenal football player. Someone that I honestly think should have been taken before the third round. Um, but Hey, it is what it is. And the chiefs got him. Uh, they were pretty excited when they got him. I know a lot of fans were really excited to see him. Again, didn't see much of him last year. But this year, you, you're seeing more of him, and he's making the most of this opportunity. 
I'm excited to see to, to see more of Leo Chanel in the future. I mentioned Josh Williams, uh, a guy who's played really some good quarterback. Uh, again, with Trent McDuffie going down with that injury early, uh, Josh Williams stepped in, played very well. Darian Kennard, here's the first red flag. I know the first real red flag would be the Sky Moore uh, pick, and I'll get to that. But Darian Kennard, okay, fifth round pick. You're not going to lose sleep on that, especially when everyone else is playing well. Jalen Watson, uh, we already met, went over him. Uh, man, that week two game last year, Thursday Night Football, the first ever prime game. 99-yard pick six to turn that football game around. That really saved the Chiefs right there. If it wasn't for that, they lose to the Chargers in that one. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, we don't really got to get into this one here. Um, the, the job Isaiah Pacheco has done. I, I think what people expected from Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco is doing. Um, the guy's tough. The guy's fast. He can do it all. I just wish Andy Reid would trust him a little bit more um, on third and short situations. In those short yardage situations, get the ball to Isaiah Pacheco, man. He'll get it for you. This guy's tough. Again, the Chiefs have had so many great running backs. Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, um, Christian Okoye, Marcus Allen, Jamal Charles. I'll include Spencer Ware and Charkendrick Weston there because those guys together filling in for Jamal Charles, they did a great job. Um, it was it took a running back by committee, but hey, that's what you got to do when your all-pro running back gets hurt like that. Um, Kareem Hunt, even though it was for a short period of time, still some good football. But the thing that none of the, not to say none of those guys are tough. Um, I mean, this is a big boy sport here. You got to be tough to play it. But when you think of all those running backs I just mentioned, you don't think of toughness. That's not a characteristic trait. Um, when you think about those guys on the gridiron with Isaiah Pacheco, that's the first thing you think of the toughness this guy brings. I still remember last year in the preseason, Isaiah Pacheco was in the backfield picking up blitzes. It's like, this is a seventh round rookie running back picking up blitzes here. And it's not just, you know, he's being told to do that, man. The guy's putting up a damn good fight trying to protect the quarterback. Um, and I think that was my first sign of, okay, this guy's going to be something special that entire offseason, I kept saying, man, this guy's going to be good. Um, and obviously, I mean, he scored in the Super Bowl last year. He scored in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Sky Moore scored last year. Um, I thought for a second there was another rookie, but no. Uh, and there were a lot of young guys that scored for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl um, against the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one, Nazee Johnson. This was your last pick. This guy almost went undrafted. And now... He's only played 11 games. Obviously, all of them were last year. He got hurt in training camp this year and uh, did not get a chance to play this year, of course. Steve Spagnolo said in training camp when he did a, did a press conference that Nazee Johnson was actually uh, the number one quarterback in camp. Now, it is just camp, uh, but, um, you know, for him to be number one and you look at your stud group of quarterbacks right now, a lot of young guys from that draft class plus to Jerry Sneed kind of makes you wonder, like, what could have been this year with Nazee Johnson? Um, is he going to have an opportunity next year? I hope so. I really do. Uh, this quarterback room is crowded. Very, very crowded. I don't like, OK, you obviously we have a lot of time left this year, but I do want to think about next year for just a second. You have Trent McDuffie. You have Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, Nazee Johnson. Hopefully Legereus Need is still on the team. That's five cornerbacks right there. Did the Chiefs draft one this year? Yeah, they did. And Nick Jones. 
Um, man, I, I I don't even know if the Chiefs should go after a cornerback in next year's draft. Maybe one in the late rounds, just because you never know. Um, but man, I, I feel like you're set for at least the next couple of years with so many young guys. And you know, the, the, the reality is it's not easy to keep everybody, but hopefully you can find a way to keep some of these guys because man, th- th- this 2022 draft class, man, uh, you have a shit ton of great players here. You really do. And look at the draft class before that in 2021, you have Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, um, you have uh, Trey Smith, who is a fucking monster coming out of the sixth round from Tennessee. And then you have a guy like Noah Gray, who I, I, I'd i like to see the Chiefs use him a little more. Obviously, you're, who is your top tight end? Don't even don't need to get into it. It's Travis Kelsey. But I think Noah Gray can do some things. And by the way, I know we because in years past with Patrick Mahomes' rocket arm and Tyree Kill when he was here, the types of things he did to open up this offense, everyone always thinks of the receivers um, outside of Travis Kelsey, but you don't think about the tight ends outside of Kelsey before Patrick Mahomes, when Alex Smith was here, this chief's offense did a really good job of utilizing uh, backup tight ends. Uh, I remember Dion Yelder, Demetrius Harris. Remember uh, for the, for some of you longtime podcast listeners, remember uh, anytime Demetrius Harris caught a pass or, Scored a touchdown, rather. Yeah, that was a thing on the podcast. If you know, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some really good players that Brett Veach has found the past two years. Now, I did say I do want to go back to Sky Moore because I'm hearing a lot of people say. Um, so I was listening to A10 earlier this week or late last week. I can't remember what, what it was. And somebody called in and was complaining about the Sky Moore draft pick. Uh, listen, you guys know my thoughts. I, I was pretty disappointed with Sky Moore in that Broncos game. He did redeem himself a little bit in that um, in that uh, game in Germany against the Dolphins. But I've already seen some people say, like, you know, why don't we give this person a shot? Well, we kind of have. Like, who on this team is really delivering right now? Your top two receivers are Rasheed Rice and Justin Watson, and neither one of those guys are dominating right now. I feel like Justin Watson has been your most viable option, whereas Rasheed Rice has been the most productive and the most dominant so far. But Justin Watson, off very few catches, um, he's been able to, he has a high yard per catch average. So you, and you saw the Chiefs use him more this past Sunday against the Dolphins. Um, but I'm getting off topic here. The point I'm trying to make here with Sky Moore, um, obviously the 54th pick in uh, last year's draft, is he panning uh, out the way you would like for him to, to, to play? No, of course not. Um, and by the way, here's what I hear so much of. A lot of people keep saying, well, you could have drafted this person if you didn't trade down. George Pickens, whoever. Okay, we can go through every single draft pick in NFL history, and you can find tons of of picks on all 32 teams and say they could have drafted so-and-so you all know who was taken 199th in the NFL draft several years ago. Okay. There are even the team that drafted him, the Patriots and obviously I'm referring to Tom Brady, even the Patriots passed up on Tom Brady multiple times. All 32 teams did. So listen, I don't care if you are the best general manager in football, you're not going to hit, on all of these draft picks, no one goes seven for seven or however many picks you have uh, in a draft. Everyone's going to have some misses. Everyone's going to have some great steals. 
the Chiefs, by far, have had far more steals than misses. And I'll even go back to 2016. I know Brett Veach was not the general manager at the time. But look at 2016. The Chiefs traded out of the first round. Who'd they get? They, they got Chris Jones in the second round. Um, they got Demarcus Robinson. I know Robinson's no longer on the team, but this is someone that did come through for the Chiefs in 2019, the first couple of games when Tyreek Hill was out with an injury. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, that's another player who was taken in that draft class. Um, and again, I know Tyreek's no longer on the team. And I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, the college incident, what allegedly happened, what didn't happen. Um, and I know people have their own made-up narrative. They don't uh, care about the facts on that one. Um, but nonetheless, he was taken late in that draft class. And I think, uh, you know, a guy like Tyreek Hill taken so late kind of opened up for some of those players in college who have gotten in trouble. And maybe Tyreek Hill kind of opened up some GM's eyes and realized, hey, look, maybe if you give these guys an opportunity and uh, put them on a uh, some sort of a program to get them on the right track, they can stay out of trouble and definitely learn from their past mistakes. I think I remember that being uh, brought up with Joe Mixon. So uh, you look at what you had in 2016. I'll even go back to 2015. Uh, the Marcus Peters pick, he was picked 18th overall. Um, this is a guy who's still playing some some good football at that 33 career interceptions. That's, that's good. I know a lot of people disagreed with him and how he handled the uh, anthem protesting, how he handled going after... Uh, President Donald Trump at the time, fine, have your opinion about that. But because uh, I know a lot of people let that get in the way of uh, a player's ability, which I think is stupid. Um, you hear it all the time in, in sports, and I don't get it. Um, these are the same people who say don't mix politics and sports. Mitch Morse, again, no longer on the team, but played great at Mizzou, was drafted in the second round, 100% should have been taken in the first round. Um, you look at 2014, no one really significant there, except for, I would say, Zach Fulton and LDT, both guards taken in the sixth round. Uh, both of them have started a lot of games in their NFL careers, for sure. Uh, you look at 2013, uh, obviously the one, the two names that stand out, one is Eric Fisher, uh, but the next name that stands out is Travis Kelsey, who was taken in the third round. Uh, and again, I mentioned this before, those redo mock drafts are so, are so popular on like Bleacher Report and SB Nation. Uh, and if you do a redo mock draft, Kelsey still goes to the same team, the Chiefs. Um, my point is, you know, we can talk. Kelsey was passed up on by multiple teams, uh, by uh, every team at least once, I think. Some teams more than once, including the Chiefs. The Chiefs, uh, obviously. Didn't draft, uh, take him number one overall. Not that anyone was anticipating to, for him to go number one overall, but obviously seeing Travis Kelsey's body of work, um, yeah, of course this is a guy who should have been uh, taken number one overall. Um, again, still the same team. Uh, you look at 2015, Mitch Morris, Marcus Peters, guys who uh, should have been taken sooner for sure. Chris Jones and Tyree Kill, 100% are top. Those guys are top five draft picks in a redo situation. Um, you look at look at 2017. You had Kareem Hunt in the third round. Um, again, I know he got in some trouble and got kicked off the team, but you can't deny his body of work during his time here in Kansas City. He looked like the best draft pick from his draft class that year. Uh, by the way, speaking of that draft class, who who did the Chiefs get? Number 10. Traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. Um, you look at some of the teams that passed on him, I'm sure. Now, a team like the Bengals, 
uh, who were number nine, and then the Bills, who had the number 10 pick, traded to Kansas City. I'm sure those teams are not losing much sleep over that. I'm sure they're happy with who they have now. But again, look who was number nine, John Ross. Um, obviously, that was a miss for Cincinnati. Uh, they could have drafted a whole lot of other receivers from that draft class. My point is, everybody misses in the NFL draft. Everybody, including the best, the teams, I mean, the, the Chiefs have been the best football team in the NFL the past five years. Can we agree on that? They've been the best team uh, in, ever since the Patrick Mahomes era. So even then, the Chiefs have still had their struggles. Look at 2021, how that team uh, started off. And look at some of the draft picks. We've already gone over it. Um, yeah, 2019, Hardman, Thornhill, Saunders, okay. No one really, no major names there. Hardman ended up coming back. Fenton was traded away. I really like Darwin Thompson. I wish he got an opportunity, but it just never uh, panned out. Allegretti's still on the team, though. Um, 2020, okay, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, yeah, obviously one that she's probably would have liked to have had back. You could probably tell with that, the, the decision that they chose to not to pick up his fifth-year option. Willie Gay, yeah, I think this guy's a first-round pick. Lucas Niang, he looked really good in the time that he played, uh, and I really wish he had an opportunity to play more because I, I like what this guy did in 2021 in, until his injury. I really do. Um, I hope we see more of Lucas Niang in the future because I think this guy can do some good things. Legereus Need, fourth-round pick. You Don't you guys agree this guy should have been drafted sooner? Mike Dana playing much better. He was a fifth-round pick. From 2020. So again, uh, I know so many people uh, online, Chiefs fans, talking about Sky Moore. Well, the Chiefs could have gotten someone else. And the same thing with um, with McCall Hardman in the second round of 2019. Yeah, you got an opportunity to get DK Metcalf. But at the end of the day, did Kansas City suffer from you know not getting George Pickens or not getting DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf. I mean, how many playoff wins has he? Had with the Seahawks so far. And listen, don't get me wrong, I like the Seahawks. I'm a huge fan of Pete Carroll. I really am. Um, but they just haven't had the success the Chiefs have had. Um, so my point is, even the best teams do miss sometimes. But man, uh, that 2022 draft class, that was a home run right there by Brett Veach. 2021, another home run. With the offensive lineman, the 2021, I think, is still far more important to me. I know 2022 is very significant right now because of how great the defense is playing. But remember 2021, what was the point of that offseason to revamp that entire offensive line? Um, Brett Veach did exactly that because what happened in the Super Bowl? You already know. I know a lot of people don't want that. Uh, to uh, People want to forget about that one. But I think, you know, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes as a part of this franchise, I think Super Bowl 55 is honestly, you know, for better or worse, uh, a game that was a big learning lesson. What'd you learn in that one? Well, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, he does need, he does need protection. Yeah. Even though last year he had the two offensive tackles that led the NFL in, um, and uh, pressures allowed, he still had a damn good interior offensive line. And then, of course, they use guys like Jarek McKinnon to help pick up blocks to help out um, on the left tackle side of things. So, uh, you know, those things happen. But uh, my point is that 2021, I still think, is more important because you got two phenomenal offensive linemen that have helped form the best interior offensive line in football. Um, obviously, Joe Tooney joining that offseason as well from the Patriots. Um, 
certainly has um has helped in that category as well. All right, enough about me. I want to see what you guys have to say. Uh, be patient. I'll get your guys' comments. Going to go in order here. Eric says, I think it's funny. John Ross retired prior uh, to preseason. I bet he feels dumb now going back. Uh, they said he was doing great. They're not unexpectedly retired. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think there was ever like a formal reason provided as to why he, um, he retired, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, hopefully he gets another opportunity if he ever chooses to come back. Uh, cause I think he's got the talent, but just never, um, just never got really got that chance, I guess. PFF just named Trent McDuffie to their midseason all-star team. Yeah, that's, that's awesome to see. Um, again, I think, you know, when you think of that position, the cornerback position, you don't think of force fumbles. Um, but Trent McDuffie's making it happen at that spot. He really is. So it's so fun to see him uh, dominate the way he is um, this year. Yeah, I agree, bud. He's been a huge com- contributor for, for this defense. And uh, again, you know, whatever a player gets hurt one year, misses a lot of time. Uh, and again, McDuffie played great last year when he did come back. It's just, um, you know, he did things that didn't come up on the stat sheet. Now he's doing far more things that are getting talked about now than they did last year. Uh, Dan asked a really good question. Why are we not hearing about Felix Anudike Uzama? Seems a bit under the radar for a level of draft pick. Yeah, and then add in the fact that he's from Kansas City, went to Kansas State. So a lot of you guys, I'm sure, are Kansas State fans. If you're not a Kansas State fan, you're at least familiar with him in some capacity, uh, assuming you're a Big 12 fan. Um, yeah, um, I think part of the reason why we're not hearing a lot about him is the Chiefs have no need for FAU to step up. You have George Karlaftis. I already went over it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a broken record here. You have Mike Dana. Um, I posted a couple of hours ago. Who is a Chiefs player that's exceeded your expectations this year? A lot of a lot of interesting answers. A lot of different answers. My answer was Mike Dana. Even though he's been a little quiet the past couple of games, Mike Dana has played very well stepping in for Charles Minahu. Because when Charles Minahu had to serve his six-game suspension, my assumption was FAU would be the guy who would step up in his place and play big. But that's not been the case. It's been Mike Dana who has stepped up and played very well filling in for a Minahu. So uh, right now, there is no major need for FAU to thrive and step up because the guys you have are doing just fine. Let me give you an example. Remember 2019 when the Chiefs drafted McCole Hardman? McCole Hardman was not used a whole lot, and a lot of people thought he was a bust right away. Um, Listen, I know he hasn't panned out the way we would have liked for him to, especially with his skill set, but that's a topic for another time. But in 2019, the reason he didn't dominate statistically is because in the wide receiver depth chart, he was behind Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Uh, Demarcus Robinson was dominating early on in the season that same year uh, when Tyreek Hill got hurt. Oh, by the way, your top pass catcher, who is not a tight end, is is, is, uh, not a wide receiver, excuse me, is Travis Kelsey. So FAU is kind of like in that same situation where, um, oh, by the way, another good example would be D Ford. Uh, Didn't play a whole lot his rookie year because who was ahead of him? Tom Bahali and Justin Houston. So I think that's why you're not seeing much of FAU. If they let him play more snaps, I think um, I think you would see 
much uh, more production from him. Let me just quickly go over his snap count. Um, since we are here talking about it, it, this would be an appropriate time to kind of go over that. Um, okay, here are the percentage. I'm not going to read the total number of defensive snaps. I'm just going to read the percentage. Week one against the Lions, he played 27% of the snaps. Week two against the Jaguars, he played 24% of the defensive snaps. He hasn't played a special team snaps all year. So um, every single percentage I'm reading is on defense. Against the Bears, almost half, 49%. Uh, obviously, when it's a blowout, that's what happens. Against the Jets, 22. Against the Vikings, 35%. Against the Broncos, the first one, 10%. The one that we prefer to re remember. Against the Chargers, 16%. The loss against the Broncos, 13%. And this past Sunday in Germany against the Dolphins, he played just four snaps, 6%. So, yeah, he's not playing a whole lot. And I think, by the way, look at the last couple of weeks with Charles Ominahu coming back. Yeah, you're noticing a big dip right there. A big dip. Um, but again, you know, Ominehu has already made some uh, an impact in the past couple of games. Mike Dana playing well. Carl Loftus is, is awesome this year. So there isn't a big need for him. I don't know what this means. Update Facebook for your back button. I don't know what that means. Oh, you're you're uh, responding to someone else. Never mind. Okay, I was like, "What back button are we talking about here?" Yeah, I was pretty bummed out on that signing. I was like, "Damn, Titans were in the mix for him and uh, another team." Yeah, I think you're referring to DeAndre Hopkins there. Yeah, it's you know what's crazy. I, I was thinking about this earlier today. My entire concern, Mark, in, in your comment about Chris Jones, my entire concern was, listen, maybe the logic to not retain him and trade him is because you do have other guys you got to pay soon. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and Trey Smith all have a year left on their rookie deals, but I, I have a feeling they're going to want a new deal because of how well they've all played. Um Nick Bolton, unfortunately, he found himself in a bad situation with the injuries, so I don't know if he's uh, really in a place where he has that leverage, but you just never know in the NFL. Listen, look at all these quarterbacks getting paid. A lot, Some of these guys don't even have a playoff winning percentage over 500, and they're getting paid. Um, so I don't know. I suppose anything's possible. Um, but I will say this, because you have Chris Jones you got to think about. You have Trey Smith. You got Nick Bolton. You got Creed Humphrey. In like two to three years, you got to think about Trent McDuffie. You got to think about George Karloftis, uh, Nazee Johnson, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, Brian Cook, Isaiah Pacheco. Good luck to Brett Veach. <laughs> um, the reality is you just don't keep everyone together. Um, I, I, I hope he does what's best for the team. You know, I know some people think Isaiah Pacheco could be the odd man out because the, I, I guess the... 2023 logic is you don't pay running backs unless you're absolutely desperate. So, you know, I don't know, man. Um, if you ask 10 different Chiefs fans, what's the best way in trying to retain the best players possible for 20 from the 2022 class, you're going to get 10 different answers. It's going to be crazy. 
This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets for sporting events, concerts, whatever it is you want to attend. SeatGeek has it. If you guys want to catch a Chiefs game, whether you live in the Kansas City area, you want to go to a local college game, KUK State, Missouri, one of those teams, or you want to catch a concert, maybe in your neck of the woods, the baseball playoffs are going on, go to SeatGeek.com. And if you're a first-time customer, use my promo code Farzine, you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek.com using the promo code Farzine. Go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code Farzine, and get yourself $20 off for your next event. That's $20 off using the promo code Farzine at checkout at SeatGeek.com. Um... I'm reading this comment from Eric about the Missouri Tigers and sophomore wide receiver Luther Burden. Um, I, I'm just seeing where he ranks right now in receiving yards. Yeah, he's seventh in the nation. Um, Yeah, that would be awesome. 958 yards off 64 catches. That's good. Yeah. Um, of course, a lot of uh, local... Uh, Local Chiefs fans are going to want that. I know a lot of people are thinking about Marvin Harrison Jr., but, man, unless you give up Chris Jones, you're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. You're not. No way. Um, There would have to be some miracle for that to happen. Um, And if that does happen, that probably means you gave up a lot. I don't... The Chiefs are not sellers by any means. The only reason you have to trade Chris Jones... To move up is if the two sides cannot come to an agreement. That's the only reason you have to do that. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Uh, just trying to read some few more comments here. Brad says, I'm not sure that it's them that sucks. I think the team is like the Panthers and Bears. Neither one of would be uh, winning no matter what who the QB is. Yeah, those teams, by the way... The Panthers and Bears are playing Thursday night football. Holy Jesus. I saw Jason Kelsey is going to be a guest analyst uh, with Tony Gonzalez and everyone else on there. Yeah. Um, That pre-halftime and post-game broadcast or stream, whatever you want to call it, that became more watchable. But Jesus Christ, man. I, I, I I mean, I might watch the game in the beginning just to see how it goes. And I will say this, like sloppy games, they they suck for like the first 55 minutes, but then like the last five minutes get far more interesting than you would anticipate. Those weird, those weird low scoring sloppy games uh, tend to have interesting endings. Uh, this might be one of those types of games. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Brad, I appreciate you reminding me of this. So um, this was at all not something I had planned on discussing, but I think we should go ahead and bring this up. Uh, because the Chiefs, if you look at the top 10 NFL games from like 2021, the Chiefs were on that list. If you look at the top 2022 games, the Chiefs definitely uh, represented that list very well. You look at um, you look at the Chiefs uh, recently when it comes to the ratings, man, the Chiefs have been dominating the ratings lately. Uh, let's look at this for a second. This comes from Joe Papaliano. I hope I said that right. He tweeted out the Dolphins Chiefs game this past weekend in Frankfurt, Germany, 
averaged 9.18 million viewers on NFL Network. That is the most ever in NFL Network history. This was an eight third. This was a Sunday morning game, y'all. A Sunday morning game is the most viewed game in NFL Network history. By the way, um, Super Bowl 57, Chiefs Eagles, the most watched telecast. Uh, according to the Nielsen ratings. And then Chiefs and uh, Jets on uh, Sunday Night Football. No Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? The most watched football game since Super Bowl 57. Yeah, there was probably a certain celebrity who helped make that happen. But at the end of the day, man, the Chiefs, and it's not just this year with Taylor Swift. The Chiefs the past few years have been involved in some of the highest, most watched football games. Uh, Tim Kalashaw got toasted, or not toasted, roasted, I should say, uh, by people in Dallas because in the Dallas Morning News, he said that the Chiefs are now America's team, which you have an opinion like that in Dallas. You have a pair of some damn big balls to say that, um, 100%. And for him to say that, yeah, gutsy, but he's right. He is right. Look at all the ratings the Chiefs are pulling in. And listen, obviously there are a lot of Chiefs fans watching. There are also a lot of Chiefs haters. I mean, you all know about the... Um, I mean, the Chiefs were liked for a period of time uh, against Tom Brady and the Patriots in the AFC title game, and again in the following year. Um, now they're the villains, which I love. I love that role. Um, I hope more Chiefs fans learn to embrace that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are just the ratings king in the NFL right now. They really are. They've been dominating the past few years when it came to ratings. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all playing a role in that for sure. Um, it's awesome, man. And listen, I know a lot of people are complaining about Taylor Swift and... Guys, just relax. Like, this isn't even that serious to be upset about or annoyed about. Listen, you want, you want to talk about real serious issues happening in the world right now? By the way, think of where this team was 10, 11 years ago. Remember 2012, the 2-14 and 14 season, um, the Eric Winston lashing at the fans, uh, fans flying banners over the stadium, uh, the Chiefs responding to a fan in a DM, basically telling him to shut up. That caught, that was a big story. Um, the Javon Belcher incident, obviously, that was the biggest one that year. Y what do you want to hear of? More of those stories or Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey? I mean, come on. I Look, I think, you know, in 20 years when Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey are no longer with the Chiefs, we're going to look back and really miss this era of Chiefs football. And we're going to say, oh, yeah. Uh, and by the way, like, think of all these things that happen off the field. Obviously, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like, that has been an insane story. Um, on top of that, Travis Kelsey hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and being in, like, 70 billion commercials. doesn't matter if you're watching sports. It doesn't matter if you're watching your favorite TV show, cable news, like you cannot turn on your TV and go through uh, a set of commercials without tra uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, actually Andy Reid too. Um, those guys are everywhere now on your TV sets. 
Uh, and listen, I know with Patrick Mahomes, you know, his family has made a lot of headlines, not for the best reason at times, especially his brother. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll all look back several years later and just kind of laugh. It's like, not only did we have the best team on the field, but man, we had some interesting stories. And by the way, like this is not like related to the Chiefs directly, but the chiefs holic thing, for that to happen now during this golden era of Chiefs football, and, you know, obviously robbing a bank, I mean, that's not funny. Um, especially that woman in Oklahoma who opened up about the trauma she had from having a gun at her back and forced to get all that money. I don't care if that was not a real. I know people are defending the guy saying, oh, it wasn't a real gun. Yeah, no one knows that in the moment. Um, now, the idea of him needing to rob banks so he can afford premium seats at chiefs games and attend Patrick Mahomes gala. Like that's funny. It is. I'm sorry. It just is. Um, it's like the, the, the things we hear about with this chiefs, um, the, the, the super fans, right? Cause you know, he's not the only super fan to make headlines. We're all going to look back at this era of, of time in chiefs football and just laugh and just say, man, like we went through all that heartbreak and then we got all this. It's like there, there is going to be a wild 30 for 30 on the Chiefs, like the Patrick Mahomes era and just everything that happened on and off the field. Um, I mean, come on. Like these are stories you're going to tell your kids, grandkids one day. Like, hey, not only were we the best football team, we had like the best quarterback and the best tight end. We also had a fan who dressed up as a wolf. And was betting thousands of dollars. And we later learned it was because he was robbing banks to attend games. You tell that story to someone 20 years down the line. They're going to think you're a liar. Like, who does that? Um, okay, Brad brings up a really interesting point. 87 still has five years. I know. Uh, see, Mark just said we need to get ready for 87 to hang it up. Um, okay, let's talk about this for a second here, because I do think this is something we should discuss. Um, let me talk about The Rock for a moment. You guys know who The Rock is. He was in WWE for a very, uh, for a while in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with pro wrestling, yes, it's fake. It's scripted. But the physical toll it takes on you is not fake. That's not scripted. These guys, I think I saw Jonathan Coachman, who, by the way, from Wichita, Kansas, and did work for KNBC in Kansas City, um, went to WWE, out of WWE, he went to ESPN, now he's doing his own thing. Uh, but he did a podcast recently with Chris Van Velten, I think is his name. And Jonathan Coachman talked about how he would never go back to the WWE. And when he did go back in 2017 for a little bit um, to do like the pregame show or something, he, he, he made an interesting comment. He said nobody should work 52 weeks a year. Even people in the WWE agree with that, but they don't want to say it publicly. Yet the WWE does this. So, and by the way, it's not just, you know, Monday Night Raw and then SmackDown. Yeah, you're, you're on Raw. And then you go to, you know, Wednesday night, you have a you have a, um, a show that's hot televised in a smaller town. Uh, and then you go Saturday and you do another show in a smaller town. Or maybe it's not always a small town. Kansas City recently had a, a house show recently. My point is, look at The Rock, okay? This guy was working on the road, just like all of the other pro wrestlers. And then Hollywood came calling when he was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. What did The Rock do? 
after he was kind of going on and off back and forth with Hollywood and with pro wrestling, what did he eventually do in 2004? He left WWE for good for seven years and went full-time in Hollywood. Now he did come back for WWE a little bit. He makes sporadic appearances here and there, but the worst thing to happen to the WWE was the rock getting Hollywood offers. Now, why am I comparing this to Travis Kelsey? Because Travis Kelsey he had a home run with the with the Saturday Night Live gig. He did. And this past offseason, he did sign with a Hollywood agency. Um, now, not to say the physical toll is the same in football as it is in WWE. Obviously, football is a far more physical sport, but there is some recovery time in there. Whereas in WWE, those guys really do not have a life. But The Rock took the money and he ran. Travis Kelsey, not that he needs the money, his potential future wife, she's a, a let's just say, say a sugar mama, as Adam Sandler once said in Big Daddy. But the point I'm trying to make here is Travis Kelsey does have a very good future in, in entertainment. Obviously, that is going to take a far less physical toll. Now, why is that pertinent to discuss this discussion right now? Um, he's already suffered two injuries and he's still playing some great football past couple of games. Yeah, he's been quiet and he's, he's, uh, acknowledged that, but, um, two injuries this year and he's, I think 34 years old. Let me just double check on his age. I think he's 34. Yeah. He turned 34 in October. So you gotta be realistic here. Um, and listen, maybe he goes three, four more years and doesn't have another injury again. Um, the guy hardly misses games. So, to me, I'm not anticipating it to happen. I know he's done interviews and press conferences saying he's got a lot of years left in him. And I believe that. I, I truly believe that. Now, could two injuries after he made those comments, could that change things? Yeah, it it, it could. Um, I, that's not to say Kelsey can't play. I'm not saying that at all. You guys know my thoughts on Kelsey. I think he's the best tight end in NFL history. I really do. Um, that's not an opinion. I, the, the numbers really do back it up. Find me a tight end that has more consecutive receiving yards than this guy. You can't. Um, but anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is Travis Kelsey does have that other career to lean back on in case, you know, things change with his body and the sport maybe takes a, a bigger toll on him than maybe he anticipated in the next year or two. Um, and I think to those two injuries this year, maybe change that. Um, I hope not. I want Travis Kelsey to, to break all the, all the records at that position. I really, really do. Um, so I, I hope, um, I, 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 I really hope he can keep playing. I hope these injuries can be uh, put behind him and move on. It's hard to do at 34 years old though. That's all I'm saying. Um, Dewan says, really miss the Smash Mouth powerbacks of the past. Yeah, it, it's tough, man. That's just not the direction teams going anymore. I mean, look at the draft, the amount of running backs that go early. You don't see that, that, that at all, as often. I swear one time I seen you at Sprouts. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Sprouts. I know, I know there's one very close to me. Um, but yeah, I've never been to Sprouts. So you saw someone who looks just like me. And if he looks like me, he's a, a, an ugly looking dude, Mark. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, 
I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas, Mark, I see your comments. I appreciate uh, you guys for the kind words. Uh, Brad says, I think the best way to manage contracts is single year deals with opportunities and Super Bowl get more in bonuses and stats. Um, yeah, if they agree to them, they have to agree to those kinds of things. I hear this a lot of times. People say, well, you can sign this player if this player, this player, and this player restructure their deals. Yeah, if they agree to it. Here's the thing, too. Like, you got to keep in mind, guys. Um, even though they make a lot of money in the NFL, um, NFL players want longevity. Um, unless you're a um you're a veteran that has not proven himself successfully. Um, those who've proven themselves, and listen, you got some young players who have been proving themselves well, and they deserve long-term deals. Um, it's gonna be difficult to do. Yeah, what you're saying, Brad, that's ideal if your name is Brett Beach. But I don't know if um if those players would agree to that kind of thing. A lot of you guys are just responding to each other, which is fine. I love that. I I, I love when you guys are talking to me, asking me questions or sharing your comments. Um, but I also like seeing you guys kind of interact with each other and, uh, and uh, talk about that. Can we talk about the Bengals are the seventh seed now, as of now, and the Bills aren't even in the playoff picture? Yeah, I mean... I love how Bills fans got all in their feelings about my comments about Josh Allen. I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to say? The guy has, yeah, he's played great football, but he's also turned the ball over a shit ton. You're not winning. Like, this guy is on pace to, who holds the record, by the way, for interceptions? Brett Favre? He's on pace to break that. And I understand quarterbacks are throwing the ball far more than Brett Favre and everyone else did during that era of football, but... My God, it is a bit excessive. You're not going to win games like that. You're just not. And by the way, like the, the the Bengals and Bills game from the playoffs last year, and I can't remember which Bills player it was. He's with the Colts now, making that excuse about the snow. Dude, you play in Buffalo. Come on. And I think that same like excuse was brought up again by the Bills, How why they lost to the Bengals. Like, get out of here. I, I, I'm sorry. I just hate excuses. Um... It's funny because Bengals fans laughed at Bills fans for excuses. And then with all the trash talking leading up to the AFC title again, Burrowhead, Burrowhead, Burrowhead. Oh, Mayor signed this sheet. Joe Burrow Day. He He's Patrick's father. And then they lose and they're bitching about the rest. Like, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that after all the shit you talked. And then the Eagles, they talked all their shit about why they fired Andy Reid, why Mahomes is overrated. And then what do they do? They bitch about the grass. I'm sorry. I hate excuses. I really do. Um, it, like a lot of people were talking about the flu. Eh, no, I, I, man, I, I just, I just don't subscribe to that stuff. I'm sorry. I just don't. And listen, if you guys have been following me long enough, you guys know um, that 2017 playoff game against the Titans where the Chiefs blew an 18 point lead. A lot of people blame the refs for that one because of the forward progress supposedly that still makes me laugh to this day. Um, cause the Titans did get a field goal out of it when it should have been chiefs ball. Um, but three points does not lose you a game like that. And then, you know, the, the people thought the chief should have been awarded a defensive two point conversion when I, that was absolutely forward progress. The second one was, but that right there is not enough. Like, you know, you really want to blame the refs for blowing an 18 point lead. No, I'm sorry. I, I you know, it's funny. It's funny. I get comments from non-Chiefs fans. Oh, you make excuses. 
Show me. Show me where. Where, where do I make excuses? They win the Super Bowl. They got to release the bank robbing wolf, and he's the new mascot. That would be a dream job for him. I saw someone make a joke when uh, Justin Ross got arrested and went to jail. Um, someone someone was like, wait, what if he sell, shares a, a cell with Chiefsaholic? And what would go through like Chiefsaholic's head? Because, I mean, I, listen, I don't know. I, I've never been to prison, full disclosure. So I don't know if you get the news there. I don't know how that works. I know they have a TV in prison because he did a um, he did an interview with ESPN and he said that they've asked him to keep it down during the games because he makes a lot of noise. And he said something really he gave a really funny quote. I can't say it with a straight face. He said that you can take the wolf out of the games, but you can't take the wolf out of me or some shit like that. It's like, oh, this guy has no remorse for what he did. Um, but again, like that's why that story's funny. Like, again, it sucks for anyone that's probably gone through the trauma of having a gun pointed at them. But even like after like he made a run for it, people just assumed he hid. No, he wants to go rob more banks. Uh, uh, this is just a good time to be a KC fan. We should we have a good thing. Everyone should be able to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm really not. You know who else I'm not a really, a, really a fan of is Brittany Mahomes. Um, but I think the hate those two get is funny. I'm sorry. Like, why, why do you get so worked up over those two? Why? Because Brittany's poured champagne on fans, sprayed champagne, I should say. Okay, what about athletes? who spray champagne at fans during parades and do not tell me that's different because it's not. That is not different. Um, spraying champagne is spraying champagne at people. No, there's no difference here. Um, do I think she did it for clout? Yeah. Um, she has someone filming her do it and then she complains two days later she wishes she could do things without people talking about it. No, you have a massive following because of your husband. Um, of course, people are going to talk about what you post, especially that. Um, and by the way, I didn't agree with her doing that. I, just like how I did not agree with Chiefs players in 2020 um, spraying fans with alcohol. I criticized that at the time. Um, but don't be mad at her and don't be mad at the Golden State Warriors for doing the same thing six months later. Come on. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, it is going to be a sad day. Um like this is listen, I was sad when Jared Allen was traded, when Tony Gonzalez was traded, um, Justin Houston and Tom Bahali when they moved on. That was a, a very sad day. What about the players who have brought us what we have now? Um, I hate to think about that, man. Cause shit. I posted you guys have seen the picture. Uh, my mom took that picture, by the way, of me crying right after. Damian Williams ran to the end zone. I was like, holy shit. We finally did it. I just, listen, man, like, I'm not going to go into the details, and I'm trying to say this without getting emotional. Um, I mean, my parents are, they're getting up there in age. Their health is not the best. Man, I just wanted to enjoy one Super Bowl win with them. And, you know, we've enjoyed too. My, listen, man, like the Chiefs, that that's our thing. That's my family and I's thing. And I know there are a lot of people who have family members who love the Chiefs and unfortunately passed before 2020. 
uh, and didn't get to enjoy that moment with them. So it's like, man, for me personally, I, I don't want to take those moments for granted because um, enjoying that with them was, was special because may never happen again. You, you just never know. Sometimes you always, um, you always cherish those memories. I'm realizing this is turning into a uh, red Friday live chat here, but Hey, that's okay. We're having fun, right? We'll continue the show in just a moment, but we've got to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is a grooming powerhouse built for precision and style, just like your favorite quarterback. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. I do want to bring something up here. Because, um, Eric, I, I, I saw your comment. Trent, uh, McD- uh, Trent Suffy McDuffie is tied. I like that. Tied with Miles Garrett and um, Bradley Chubb forced fumbles. Yeah, uh, he's a league leader in that. But he does have more than uh, all the other cornerbacks uh, in the or defensive backs in the league. Um, but I did want to share something because I was curious about this. Um, and I was kind of wondering like where my predictions lie right now, because there's a three-way tie right now for NFL MVP. Obviously, listen, it's, it's week 10, so don't take it that seriously, but there are odds on this kind of stuff. So this was my, this was my preseason awards predictions. I like my odds, man. Um, I said Patrick Bones would be MVP. By the way, everyone here on this list is either fourth or above in all the betting favorites. So I said Patrick Bones would be MVP. I said Dan Campbell would be coach of the year. I'm very certain Dan Campbell is going to win coach of the year. I really do. I think the only other guy I would vote for if I was a voter would be Robert Sala. Everybody thought the Jets season was over. Everybody. Um, If the Jets get into the playoffs. They're not winning the division. They're not winning the division, but if they got into the playoffs, boy, um, I, I think there are some voters who would be inclined to vote for Sala over Campbell. Could he, could there be more than 25? I don't know about that. Uh, comeback player of the year, Damar Hamlin. Okay. Um, I think this prediction is going to be right, but if I was a voter, I, Look, I would not vote for Hamlin. I Listen, obviously it was great to see him go back this week to where it all happened, and there was a prayer after the game from him. He went to the exact same spot where it all happened. Um, but I think in order to win Comeback Player of the Year, you have to be doing something. DeMar Hamlin has had a lot of uh, healthy scratches this year. Honestly, 
I truly th- like if I had to if I was a voter and I had to vote today who the comeback player of the year is, I think it's Tua. I truly do believe it's Tua. This guy's playing some great football. I know they didn't look very good against the Chiefs this past week, but think about what happened last year. The injuries he's dealt with, um, the doctor situation, the Thursday night football injury was fucking scary, man, where his fingers locked up. Dude, there were a lot of people worried about him. And there were a lot of people saying he should seriously consider retiring. So, you know, and by the way, I am never going to be one that says that kind of thing. I'm not like, who am I to talk about whether someone should retire or not? I think Tua, honestly, I think he's got a chance. I I, I truly do. Um, I think it will be Hamlin, but I think Tua deserves to be in the discussion at the very least. Offensive player of the year. Uh, I like my odds with this one. Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill is the only one that could take it away from him, I think. Defensive player of the year, I feel very good about Miles Garrett. Offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Gibbs is having a good season, but it's not going to be him. It's 100% going to be CJ Stroud. So this one, I know for a fact I'm not getting. Defensive rookie of the year, uh, I said Will Anderson. He's played well. Um, Again, everyone here is in the top four of of, uh, betting favorites. So there's still a chance with Will Anderson, but I'm not anticipating it. I'm pretty confident with... Um, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, offensive player of the year, and defensive player of the year. And if Patrick Mahomes can pick it up, I think I'll get this one right. Man, I, I got a chance of getting five of the seven here. So um, have to do a little uh, midseason pat on the back on that one right there. Do I think Mahomes and Kelsey retire at the same time? No, no. Kelsey's going to retire within the next three years, maybe five years max. You're not going to get more than that. Mahomes has several years left uh, at least uh at least he's in the second year of that 10-year deal yeah so he's got plenty of time uh my stepdad loved the chiefs for 50 years he died just after they won uh the 49ers uh they beat the 49ers uh a few months after that uh i've loved the chiefs since 1990 yeah oh, man uh, i'm sorry for your loss there and i hope he's in a better place but man that's that, that's awesome that you got to enjoy it with him at least just one that Super Bowl over San Francisco for us was my last one with my dad. He died of COVID later on, so I understand completely. Enjoy games with the family. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear about your man. Now we got Jesus, man. We got we got some sad stories here. Didn't mean for that to happen, but I appreciate you guys opening up, man. And I'm sorry about your uh, your father, Robert. And uh, hopefully he's in a better place. Yeah, man. It, it's just I remember in 2015. And listen, I'm not a big baseball fan. My 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 parents, my family, we're not like into baseball. Um, uh, you know, I, I used to work for the world. Some of you guys know this. I was, um, part of their, um, media production, but you know, obviously everyone's paid attention to the Royals when they won. I was excited, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like emotional about it. I really wasn't. Um, but I was listening on the radio and so many people called in crying. I, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was working at six ten, and this was my first day. I was getting trained on the job and we were doing the post game show. Somebody called in. They didn't cry, but this was someone who opened up and said that they're dealing with some serious life problems and that the Royals were getting him through. I mean, shit, like sports are not that serious, but it really does lift up a lot of people's spirits when things are working. Look at this city the past five years. I mean, Kansas City has had a lot to be proud of, especially the growth. Downtown's getting bigger. Um, everybody loves the airport, not just people in Kansas city, people outside of Kansas city. Cause when the Steelers were stuck here in Kansas city, 
Um, people were like, thank God there's a new airport. I remember Rappaport was one of the first people who said that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's just crazy to see the growth. And, you know, sports do a lot for this, uh, for, for, for a, a fan base, a city. It's crazy. And, you know, I never understood that because my favorite pro sports team was never really good for the longest time. The only team that was really consistent, that has been consistently good, was KU basketball. Uh, Patrick and the offense need to get it figured out. They started good, but can't finish good. They move the ball well, Williams. They do. It's just, man, that 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 finish on those drives, I agree. Yeah. Um, that's why their red zone offense is not very good at the moment. Logan says Tranquil may be better than Bolton. I think in some areas, Tranquil is better. I think he's a better linebacker when it comes to going after the quarterback. That's not something you see Bolton. Bolton has done it, not saying he hasn't, but that's not something you use Bolton for a whole lot of. Um, They're both great, though. They really are. Stroud and man, how about Will Levis? That guy has no fear in the pocket to have a beat up line. Yeah. Playing with a backup line mostly. Uh Cam Hayward and TJ. Yeah, that I thought, man, I thought the, the Titans were gonna pull that off last week. I really did. And I'll get more into that in the um in the uh week nine uh recap. It's week nine, right? Yeah, the week nine roundup. Okay. Uh before we get into that, want to give another shout out to a sponsor of all's of ours, excuse me. Uh, Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City. Man, if you guys are looking for a new car, if you guys want a better buy, uh, experience buying a new car, go to Cable Dahmer Cadillac. Whether you want a Cadillac or another vehicle, I'll tell you who can help you out. Scott Toddy over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac. Uh, my parents have gone to him. My brother has gone to him. And by the way, my brother was so generous, he let me drive his Cadillac. I said, man, I, 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 need, I need one of these. I do. And uh, I did exactly that. Went over to the Cable Dahmer Cadillac, talked to Scott. He got me hooked up. Proud owner of a Cadillac XT6. Uh, I just uh, recently organized my uh, favorite set list for uh, radios and all that. Uh, yeah, uh, safe to say I'm obsessed. And by the way, it's not just Scott. Um, you know, all, all of these new vehicles have all these, like, there's, there's just so much new stuff with cars now. Wi-Fi, uh, Bluetooth. Um, GPS navigation, like so many of these things that maybe you haven't seen in cars for a very long time, ever, really, I should say. So uh, maybe your current car is 10 years old. You got a new car. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of new things. They've got some, someone over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac, Mike, who did a great job going through everything with me, making sure that I'm not going to be a deer in the headlights, literally or figuratively. Uh, when I'm going through all my settings. So I'm very comfortable with all of that stuff in my vehicle. And by the way, if you need your car service, if, you, if you're driving General Motors, so Cadillac, Chevrolet, go to my guy, Brock Smith. Uh, he will tell you what you need to know. Uh, so if there's something wrong with your car, he's not just going to give you this terminology you don't know. He'll tell you all, all of that stuff in that terminology, but he'll also explain it to you. Uh, but if you're having a hard time understanding what specifically is the issue, He'll take it down a notch and explain it to you like you're five years old. I've gone to other places and I've uh, had issues with my car, and they don't explain those things very well. Brock Smith over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac does that. As you can tell, I love those guys over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac. So go to Cable Dahmer Cadillac. Tell them Farzine sent you. You want a new car? You want a better buy car, uh, car buying experience? Go to Scott Toddy. He'll help you out. Tell him Farzine sent you. 
You think Marquez Valdez Scantling is overpaid or an overrated? I don't know what overpaid really means in the NFL nowadays. I mean, listen, I think a lot of quarterbacks, I, I kind of went over this already, they're overpaid. Um, shit, man. Um, I still remember the days of uh, Patrick Mahomes getting, or I'm sorry, not Patrick Mahomes. I can't believe I confused Patrick Mahomes for Matt Castle. Um, hold on. I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah, that's on me, guys. Um, Matt Castle signed a six-year, $63 million deal. Remember that? And then Alex Smith, I think he signed a four-year deal worth 60 or $70 million. And then you have Patrick Mahomes signing a $503 million deal. Like, these contracts are up. So I don't know if he's overpaid. I, I don't think he's overrated. So I, I don't know what overpaid means anymore in the NFL today. Now, do I think he's not for, for a guy who's the most experienced wide receiver on the team? Do I think he's underachieving? Yes, I will. Excuse me. I will say that about MVS right now. Um, But at the same time, man, who, who it's not just him. Like, who is it underachieving? Um, Rasheed Rice. Yeah, he has the most yards and everything of the wide receivers, but he's also had some drops too. Like he's had his fair share of, of mistakes. Um, yeah, it, it's just been a frustrating year for the wide receivers. Cause you, you, you picked seven of them. Uh, it's been a, it's been a tough year. I like Kings Vegas golden Knights game. Robert, you know who I'm rooting for in that one. I think you're, uh, you're rooting for the other side. My first ever, uh, hockey game was Kings and golden Knights. Uh, I'll never forget that, man. No goals the first two periods. My first time seeing a goal in person, dude, the place went nuts. Like, everyone went apeshit. By the way, if you've never been to a hockey game, and if you're in Vegas, go catch a Vegas Golden Knights game. Like, Arrowhead's loud. Allen Fieldhouse is loud. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're also, like, tabbed as the loudest arena in hockey. But it's not just the fact that they've got a great team and that their fans are loud. When you go to a Vegas Golden Knights game, dude, you feel like you're at a party. You really, really do. It's actually awesome. When will Kansas City get an NBA team? I, I hope this happens one day, man. NBA, NHL, both. Give give it to me, man. Um, I don't know. I know uh, uh, Mayor Q, has tr he tried to get the Raptors in 2021 that when they were dealing with COVID restrictions, but... I don't know. Um, I hope so. Hope it happens soon. Hey, I got to wrap things up here real quickly, but I do got to do the uh, week nine roundup in the week 10 preview week nine roundup Titans Steelers. Uh, this was already brought up by Eric. Uh, Will Levis did not finish the drive. And I know he got a little bit of help there in the end. Oh, by the way, that holding call late in the game. You can't call that man. Does that sound familiar? Does that, do I sound like a certain fan base? Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, he got the team down close to the end zone. I just wish they targeted DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. Um, at least my parlay wishes that that's <laughs> I'll stop there. Uh, listen, he's a rookie. He'll figure it out. It happens. Rookies go through. He needs to go through this in order to learn. If he doesn't, he's not going to learn. And he's going to make that mistake down the line in a crucial game later in the future. When the Titans are, when they have a, a, a number seven seed on the line that they got to get or they lose it. Will Levis will now know what to do in those situations. Hopefully, 
Um, listen, I'm a huge Mike Vrabel fan, so um, I hope they figure it out. I was a bigger fan of Mike Vrabel than Matt Castle in that trade. I was so excited when Mike Vrabel came to Kansas City. I really was. Uh, Vikings 31, Falcons 28. Josh Dobbs, man. What a rally from him. Five days notice be, being traded, and he rallied like that. That's awesome. Dude, the, the Vikings are in this, man. And guess who they're getting back? Justin Jefferson. He'll be back. Um, not exactly sure when, but he is coming back. That is huge. The Vikings, man, they're another team where it looked like they were dead in the water, but they have they picked it up. The Vikings and the Jets. They're playing much better football re- recently. I know the Jets just got creamed, um, but they'll, I, I, I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers might be coming back. So this is where it gets interesting. Commanders 20, Patriots 17. Man, I felt bad for Juju because uh, the this sealed it here. Uh, Mac Jones throwing the ball to Juju um, went off his hands for a pick. Uh, and I'm happy for Eric Bieniemy. I really am. Um, now I'll say this. That was not Mac Jones's fault, but he's still not the solution. He's not. Um, he just has not played good football since his rookie year. I thought he was good his rookie year. A lot of people, I, I don't know why, people criticized the guy his rookie season. Yeah, he had a, a rough beginning and a bad ending. But, man, there was a point in time where the Patriots looked like the best team in football that year. They really did. They had the number one seed at one point. Um, there are some rumors about Belichick and Kraft clashing. All good things must come to an end, man. Uh, to an end. Uh, Texans 39, Bucks 37. This was the game of the week. CJ Stroud. Dude, this guy is going to be good. He's going to be up there with some of the best quarterbacks for years to come. This guy has turned things around in Houston. Five touchdowns, 470 yards. Get out of here with that, man. That's crazy. Um, though, that is surreal. Um, I hope the Texans keep winning, man. They're doing some awesome things down there. Uh, they really are. CJ Stroud's really turning that team around. Rough beginning. It happens. That's uh, the rookie learning curve. Eagles 28, Cowboys 23. It looked like the Eagles were going to put this game away in the fourth quarter, but I think they were shut down in the fourth quarter, didn't score a single point. And then the Cowboys start to rally. Um, obviously, knowing what they know now, they would have kicked field goals because they would have won the game that way. But um, you don't know that uh, in the moment. So uh, the Cowboys meant and they were so close. Um, I can't remember the name of the, the, the tight end, but man, he was his. Um, his uh, he was just right there, but his left knee was down before his uh, his right knee. I, I mean, that just that sucks. You're, you're literally game of inches. That's what they call it. Uh, Bengals 24, Bills 18. The Bills rally a little late. Um, Bengals are playing better. I will say this, though. Like, the Bengals, yeah, they won the game and all. Uh, and I know Burrow won AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, and good on him. He's play, been playing better football. But the Bengals are still playing, like, a half of good football and then another half of not-so-good football. Um, they scored all three of their touchdowns in the first half. All they had was a field goal the rest of the game. So, you know, and that's been a pattern for a lot of their games. They play one half of bad football and one half of another half of, at the very least, decent football. Um, they've been sh- damn near shut out in a couple of games. Um, I, I still think they have some some unanswered questions there. I really do. But they're playing better nonetheless. Week 10 preview. Are you guys ready for primetime football games this year? 
Thursday night football, the 1-7 Panthers at the 2-7 Bears. Boy, I'm sure everyone is fucking excited about that game right there. What a game that is. The fr- Okay, not a primetime game, but a nationally televised game. 4-5 Colts at the 2-7 Patriots. Yeah, every, everyone's waking up for that one. Sunday night football, the 4-4 four four Jets at the 4-5 Las Vegas Raiders. Because... Lord knows the Las Vegas Raiders are going to celebrate another regular season win in some weird form or fashion. Monday Night Football, the 3-5 and five Broncos coming off a bye, getting ready for the 5-4 and four Bills. Yeah, those are your primetime games, folks. Enjoy them. Uh, the Bills are like the only good team on that list. Maybe the Jets, but Jesus, man. Um, the, and by the way, you have the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Chiefs on a bye. Like, the, the three best teams on a bye. The worst week. To have picked those three teams on a bye. And I, listen, I'm not bashing the NFL. Um, they did not know this was going to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I try to be cautious of blaming the NFL for bad matchups uh, on primetime. It's like, how do you know that down the line? You just don't. Um, I'm sorry, though. These are some really shitty matchups. So have fun watching those games. All right. Obviously, no Chiefs football this week. Oh. Uh, real quickly, I forgot to tell you the uh, games I'm looking forward to the most. Texans, uh, Bengals, uh, both teams playing better. Um, so I think that's going to be uh, more watchable than a lot of people thought a few weeks ago. Saints, Vikings, can J- Josh Dobbs do it again? Uh, I guess a good Saints defense too. So that'll be interesting to see. 49ers at the Jaguars. Can Brock Purdy and the 49ers bounce back after losing three in a row? A month ago, this was some people thought this was the best team in football. Um, now they're on a slump and they need to pick it up. Browns at the Ravens should be an awesome divisional showdown. Um, that's been a very interesting division this year. Everyone's above 500 by a wide margin too. It's not like there's one team that's like borderline 500. Everyone's above right now, which is good. So that's going to be interesting to see. Lions at the Chargers should be a good offensive showdown. I think wouldn't surprise me if we see a high scoring game here. And then Commanders at the Seahawks. I want to see the Commanders get going. Man, this is more uh, of a personal one. You know, the Seahawks, they're kind of inconsistent too. These are two teams that have had flashes this year, but they've been inconsistent. When you have flashes, it's nice, but it also means you're not consistent. I think you can say that about both of these teams here. So those are my uh, games to watch in Week 10. I'll obviously uh, give my uh, my predictions in that graphic tomorrow. By the way, somebody was asking for my Chiefs-Eagles prediction. Hey, man, you know the rules, man. Uh, that'll be on the preview podcast for next week. So I'll definitely break it down in next week's game. So join me for that, and uh, we'll... Um, We'll discuss that next week. I'll share my uh, prediction that I, I honestly don't even have a score prediction right now. So not uh, I always uh, wait for Wednesday to uh, to do that kind of thing. Nonetheless, thank you, everyone who watched live on Facebook and YouTube. Appreciate all the comments on the uh, live portion of the podcast. For those of you watching the archive version, thank you to you guys as well. Please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you are on social media be sure to follow me on there a reminder we do have a special guest coming to the podcast in less than seven days so please uh it will be uh post i'm not gonna say the name in advance i'm not so please be following me on facebook and youtube have your notifications turned on because i don't want anyone to miss this live I am excited about this one. Um, We've had some uh, bad luck with guests earlier this year. So uh, I'm hoping uh, we can turn it around with uh, this special guest very soon. All right. My name is Farzee Vasugi. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Chief Zone. 
I'm out. Enjoy the bye week.